Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, HJ Talks About Abuse, where we and the abuse team talk about news headlines, um, topics, or issues related to sexual abuse. So we're more than happy for you to join us, but we would also like to give you a quick trigger warning before we start, because we are going to be talking about issues related to sexual abuse and sexual assault. And so it might be that that's not a topic for you today. If that's the case, excuse me, then please feel free to um, sign off and go make yourself a cup of tea. For everyone else who is able to join, welcome. And welcome to my colleagues, Danny and Hannah. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks, Kathleen. Hi, listeners. So we're going to be talking about a that's come out in the news about a tradesman who has been convicted and sentenced on the January sexually assaulting a six-year-old girl in her home. So this tradesman was actually carrying out work at the little girl's family's home. He was 32 years old. The parents basically decided to carry out some building work. So really horrific. Yes, it's unimaginable. At least so that there's been a conviction here and this has raised awareness. And I guess this raised questions in regards to inviting tradesmen into the properties and what safeguarding potential be you know if somebody's entering whether if somebody's working as a tradesman whether they need clearances we've talked a lot about the last couple of weeks in this team in changing identity and people being released from sexual abuse and assault specifically and having convictions from that and moving on and you know working in community and perhaps what safety measures are needed at times in this particular role because actually having about it until you this one to our attention about the safety of tradesmen coming yeah, I mean, I, I recall a case that a colleague had worked on some years ago of a woman who had been sexually assaulted by a tradesman coming in to do work on her flat. But I've never heard of a case involving a tradesman sexually assaulting a child. I mean, obviously, both are horrific, but particularly the assault on a child, I would say, particularly so young. But it does make me wonder kind of what type of you know, DBS check does a tradesman have if they are going into somebody's home? And if they're not required to be DBS checked when they're going into somebody's home, then isn't this yet another loophole in the law that needs to be closed, similar to, as you were saying, Danny, the, the issue around sex offender name changes by deed poll? Yes. And as Hannah said, this perpetrator has no fixed address. So potentially that there's a criminal sanctions here, but for the family that perhaps are going to want to seek compensation for their daughter, you know, there may be incurred such as extensive therapy that she may need, you know, things like different professional experts involved where the compensation can be obtained. You know, if mm. an individual is going in as a tradesman and it's part of the company, there are some big trade companies, then I'm sure that there's a potentially liability insurance there that could be looked at. But if this is perhaps somebody that's advertised in a local paper may not have any liability insurance mm. themselves, it, it leaves that the family essentially in a position this assets. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the the option of a criminal injuries compensation claim is is always open to them. So there would be at least some avenue to compensation. But, you know, absolutely agree in terms of if he's a sole trader and isn't insured, then there isn't kind of any claim for them to make 
directly against him or his business. But equally, I think the broader concern is around what type of procedures or policies or checks are in place to ensure that tradesmen who are coming into someone's home have had a DBS check to make sure that they're safe. Uh, You know, I don't think that that's something that people probably even think about. It's interesting as well when you think about it, like I know specifically that there's websites now where you can post a job that you want. So like findabuilder.com, things like that, and then Mm. an individual post. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have people being advertised on these websites. What if any checks are done yeah because in some respects I think we all fall into that category of perhaps being more trusting if somebody is recommended on a particular website mm. maybe rightly or wrongly that they're going to have, have some safety checks and make sure that we're with potentially adults yeah I'm just thinking I've used that company TaskRabbit before I don't even know if they exist or if they're still a popular company but it's a similar thing like you were saying Danny where if, you know you're looking for a particular service you can go on their website and find somebody to do that job, whatever it happens to be. It could be anything. And what type of kind of insurance, you know, TaskRabbit has in place or what type of liability would attach there? Because, you know, it's an issue, obviously, if you just have people who are just kind of doing casual work for these companies, the company is making money from those people doing this type of casual or ad hoc work, but then no liability attaches to the company and there's no avenue for a victim to pursue that individual person because obviously they don't have assets to be pursued. And I think actually just thinking about this is we've talked about other services that you can now, you know, audit effectively. So especially with lockdown after COVID, things like this is you can order to your house now. There's different websites where you can order things, your nails, whatever you want done. So we're not even just talking about some particular rates or anything. And it's the same is that, you know, you go onto these websites and a certain service and you and somebody attends your property they're all similar we're not talking about tradesmen you know, what liability all organizations that as you say take a profit and take a cut and often you pay through the website as well mm-hmm. yeah um, especially for things like beauty you, you know what liability are they holding yeah it's really ranging when you think about it isn't it i mean we did a podcast uber and Deliveroo, and i guess it's kind of a similar thing sometimes don't even really think about the implications but it's yeah people come home mm. I feel quite naive about it, really, because you don't really think about these kind of things. Like if I was to order, you know, a, a tradesman to do some work, I, it's not really something that I'd really consider. But it is, you know, a massive safety, isn't it, really? Mm. You're letting someone mm. in home, especially mm-hmm. when you've got children. And- yeah. I mean, I think the nature of this this particular case that we're talking about, though, is, is so brazen. It seems like the parents were home and he just went into another room and sexually assaulted this young girl. But, you know, I mean, if you're a, a you know home by yourself and letting a tradesman into your property, you know, I mean, maybe you would think about it, but I don't know how deeply you would think about it. I'm not sure how deeply I would think about it. You know, I agree. I would probably be naive and more focused on offering them a cup of tea than, you know, worrying about my safety or, you know, that they yeah. potentially could assault me. You know, even sentencing the judge Graham in this case, you know, says that the victim should have been safe in her own home. I mean, the sad thing is here in this case is that, as we know, with many abuse cases, quite often children don't disclose abuse, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't understand what's happened or, you know, there's they've been threatened in some way that, that the girl's father found out, it would seem, almost immediately. And then, you know, the tradesman really lied about it, which is mm-hmm. you know, another level of really that, you know, he's being out and then trying to make out. Well, I think, too, how unsafe you would feel, I mean, anyone would feel but this small child you know she should feel safe in her own home and how that's going to impact her going forward well potentially there could be significant 
family because they may, if the child, they're probably very traumatized by this, they may have to. Good one to bring up, Hannah, much wider with all services that, that come through our door, liability and potentially future questions about liability of such organizations and what safeguarding and checks that they will be doing. Absolutely. Okay, well, that's it. So if anyone's got any questions or comments about this one, by all means, do get in touch with the team. And again, if you have any suggestions for podcasts, please do contact us. So that's goodbye from me. Bye from me. And goodbye from me. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.